Welcome to the Bleacher Connection, your source for sports and all things in between with your host, Ken and Trevor. As always, you can find us on social media. Trevor is at the BleacherCon1. I am at the BleacherCon2. We have our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection Podcast. And now we have a brand new webpage for you guys too, the bleacherconnection.podbean.com. And on this week's episode, Ken and I are going to do something we actually haven't done in a while. And that's just kind of sit down and, and shoot the breeze about... Uh, just sports in general. We're uh, we've done so many interviews recently that we kind of got off of our schedule. We were talking about that off air that it's been a while since we've uh, sat down on this uh, morning to record, but we're we're super excited about it. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some of our uh, the potential favorite sports holidays or bucket list things that we we really want to do. You know, at some point in our lives, you know, if we could plan a holiday, where would we go? And we're going to have an exciting return of one of our features that we used to do all the time. And that is, are you kidding me? With the, re- the recent interviews we've done, we haven't had a chance to have this segment in a while, but Ken and I love it. And so we're, we're, we're looking forward to bring it back to you guys. And we've got a couple of real good topics. I think that uh, there might be a little hot button, let's say. Yeah. And are you kidding me is brought to you by our partners at Dr. Squatch. All natural soap products for men. And I got to say, I have some of it. It's great. I really like it. It's a good product. Hit our Twitter link bios and you'll find our link trees. And we have the link to Dr. Squatch right in there. Check it out, everyone. So to kick it off, and are you kidding me, Ken? I got to go to one of my beloved teams. And there's an issue with the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's not the lineup. I, I don't know that it's the pitching staff. And, and you and I have talked about this before, Ken. It's Charlie Montoyo. This team wants to be a contender. How can you be a contender with, in my opinion, a triple, triple A manager at best in your lineup? There was a game about a week ago, I'm going to say now, where I think the true how much Montoya was over his head came out. And I believe it was uh, the second game of back-to-back against the Cleveland Indians. The Blue Jays took game one quite handily, but they also used one of their closers in a unique scenario in game one. And actually the broadcast crew at the time kind of went, are you kidding me? Why is this guy in the game? Like there's a doubleheader today. What if you need him in the second game? Well, shadowing i'm telling you late in, in bottom of the six it started where the jays had a four nothing lead and they go and blow it terrible pitching they go and get the lead back and then terrible 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 charlie montoyo allows chatwood to come into the game and walk four straight batters without having anybody warming up in the bullpen. Lo and behold, we lose the game in the bottom of the seventh. Okay, I got an issue with that big time. Are you kidding me? How do you not have anybody up? I have a bigger issue with what he said post-game, where he got asked about it, and he essentially brushed it off and said, look, people, we just went in and took two of three in New York and two of three in Cleveland. Isn't that good enough? No, it's not good enough. You had a 4 nothing lead in the bottom of the sixth, and you retook the lead in the top of the seventh. You could have swept that. 
and your mentality is, eh, we took two or three, isn't that good enough? That type of mentality to me is the reason why the Jays won't get over the hump. They, they have so many good players. Look at what Vlad's doing this year. He might win the bloody triple crown. We got George Springer sitting on the bench, hopefully coming in the lineup soon. But how are you expected to be a championship team when you accept mediocrity and you accept failure? So Charlie Montoyo and the Toronto Blue Jays organization, are you kidding me? How can you have a triple A level manager lead you to the postseason to be a championship team? Not good enough. No, it, it absolutely is not. And we've spoke about how Charlie Montoyo likes to manage and it's based off a of black eyed P's philosophy of I've got a feeling, right? I think that's pretty much his pump up song every pregame before as he's writing up the lineup. He does not manage the game. He manages his feelings and it just does not work. You, you cannot have, if two out of three is acceptable and isn't that good enough, then he needs to look at his roster because he has guys that can't go one for 10 at bat. So it, this isn't that good two enough. for 10. Yeah. Two, two <laughs> for 10, three for yeah, whatever, like our lower end of that lineup, it's not good, but you know, Charlie's got a feeling I tired of it. We need a proper real manager before this team will get over the hump because that will set us set this team back a lot is not having the proper leadership there. It worked the analytics thing in Tampa Bay with Kevin cash, but it also hurt them and essentially cost them Blake Snell after the world series, because they relied too much on the numbers and feelings. I'm not an analytics fan. I think it has a place. I do not think it is the be all end all of how you manage a game. And if you're up big, why do you bring your closer in? Especially when you know you got another game in a couple hours or sooner, right? I believe uh, at the time they had, it was a four run lead heading into the bottom of the inning. And they chose to put one of, they chose to put Raphael Delis in the game when they probably didn't need to. And they're, and then he, sorry, it wasn't Delis. It was, uh, they used Delis and Romano in that game when they probably didn't need to leaving them no back end arms for the second half of the game. And Tyler Chatwood's been lights out for the most part this year, but his last three weeks have been bad. And they kept saying on the broadcast, well, I guess they're, they're just trying to let this guy pitch through it after he made such a commotion last game over being taken out. It's like, I don't care. I'm about wins and losses. I'm not about moral victories. I'm tired of moral victories. And it, we were coming off a series in Tampa Bay where the Blue Jays got swept. Yet there, everybody came out with moral victories. Oh, we battled back so many times. I don't care. You got swept. I don't care how resilient you think your team is. You got swept. And that was also on the heels of losing two of three to Boston when you should have won two of three. You blew a game there. Two of the four losses in Tampa Bay were you had leads in extra innings. You had leads late. You blew it. This isn't good enough. And the lineup decisions and that mentality of, well, we took two or three. No, I'm done. I am really done. This team's going nowhere, especially in the division they're in. They're coming into today, I believe, 30 and 26 that, that includes a six-game losing streak recently, but that six-game losing streak essentially buried them in the standings. They've got 
New York and not New York, Boston and Tampa Bay running away with it. And those six games were all against uh, Tampa and Boston and it buried them. And I hate to say it so early in the season. Well, here's the big thing that also kind of, are you kidding me? This is two or threes acceptable. This is the time when Atkins and Shapiro have said that the Toronto Blue Jays will be a contending team. Now, taking two or three consistently is not going to get you in there and be a contending team. Right now, the Jays are five games back of Tampa Bay. They're, uh, you know, Boston is one game back of Tampa Bay. New York is five and a half. The only team they're safe from right now is the Baltimore Orioles. So two or three against these guys are not going to do anything. It's going to move the needle a little bit, but let's get on it and actually make this team the contenders and pushing for the playoffs and being a playoff teams. As you said, they are going to be in this period because otherwise you're just wasting it. What, what really annoyed me is winning two or three is okay. You do want to go into every series and try to win every series, but when you, throw away games that you could have won three of three is what pisses me off. And then, well, you didn't win two of three against Tampa Bay. You didn't win two of three against Boston. So how can you say, Oh, well, we won two of three. Yeah. Well, a couple of series ago, you didn't. And you, you threw away a chance to get back one of those games that you blew and you didn't, those are going to catch up to you in the standings. I'm telling you, I believe that Montoyo so far has been responsible for anywhere from four to six losses. Those four to six losses in the standings right now would have the Jays right around first place. It's the difference between being in third and fourth where the Blue Jays are and being in first and second where Tampa and Boston are. Absolutely. It's the difference. And I hope we don't get too many more, but I'm, I'm not optimistic on that. Well, one more thing, like before we, Finish, like finish with the Jays here, but I'm just glad they're in Buffalo now because I actually can actually start watching some of the games because you've been able to watch a lot more than I have. With the, by the time I get off work, the games are over. <laughs> um, but now they're in Buffalo and the games are going to start later. I can actually watch them, which is good. But here's the thing: Do we want to be the team that's happy with two and three and happy at thirty and twenty six or whatever it is, just above five hundred, or do we want to be the team where you're thirty one and twenty eight? You're above 500, but everyone is pissed off about it, like the New York Yankees. Now that's a disappointing record. Like, we're happy to be just over 500 as Jays fans, and the organization is happy to be just over 500. No, enough. That is not how you build an elite team that wants to win. A team that wants to win and has that winning attitude is not happy with two, three games over 500. To them, that's not getting it done, right? That mentality of like, hey, we're over 500. Are you kidding me? No, that's not a winner's mentality. You want to be pushing to be 10, 15, 20 games over 500. You're not going to win them all. No one's going 162 and 0. But you should have that mentality that that's exactly what you want. Yep. Not just, hey, we're above 500. Because 500 doesn't get you in the playoffs anymore. Especially not in the American League East. No. Well, Ken, what, what kind of caught your eye this week? So what got my eye, my eye, and it's not, uh, we could probably spend an entire show talking about it. Uh, it's not the Shifley hit in game one on Evans. 
is what happened afterwards. And I know he wasn't happy with the four-game suspension. I think it's fine. I think that is definitely a suspendable hit, completely unnecessary. What also falls under completely unnecessary and has myself and probably a lot of other people going, are you kidding me? When Mark Shifley gave his interview after the suspension came out a day or so later, he mentioned that, like, yeah, it's it's mine to take. I'm getting a lot of criticism online. You know, I, I'm the one who did it. That's mine to bear. But what really got me was in he's talking about how his family, his parents, his siblings, I think his wife is getting hate messages online in person from fans. Get over yourself. Are you kidding me? You do not have the right to go after a player's family and and completely just be asses to them because you don't like what happened because their son, brother, husband, cousin, you know, 15th cousin removed, did something on the ice to the team that you cheer for. Get over it. You don't even really have a right to go at the player. They don't owe you anything. You can say that it's a dirty hit. You didn't like it. Cool. You don't have a right to go with that player and be rude, arrogant, threatening, whatever towards them at all either. That doesn't grow up. It is a sport and things happen. Do I think he decided at his own goal line that he's going to skate down the ice and try and put Evans 15 rows up into the seats in the uh, MTS center? No. Did he take his frustrations out at the fact that his team was lost the game and he couldn't do anything to stop the empty net goal? Yeah. I don't think that was his intent until it was too, like, I don't think there's intent to hurt the guy. He just didn't stop. And that's what ended up happening. It definitely was a dirty hit. It definitely was worth a suspension, but it is not worth going out and making other people feel uncomfortable just because you're an ass. There's no need for it. Get over yourself. I think people forget that as fans, these players don't owe us anything. So stop with the mentality that you think these players owe you something. They don't. They're making a living and it's entertainment. And I am bloody entertained all the time by sports. It's a huge outlet in my life. But do I feel like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. owes me something? And does he owe me anything? Not a chance. So why you think you have the right to attack a player's family, himself, his, like you said, cousins, kids on social media or in person, it's asinine. It is absolutely ridiculous. There is no place for it in the world. What you're doing is no better than some of the hate crimes that are going on about the anti-Asian sentiment right now, where you're taking after, going after those people. You're no better if you're going after these people's families. It's ridiculous and it's stupid. And I... I'm almost speechless because it's so vile and disgusting that people act the way they act online, in person. It's horrific. Mark Shifley, terrible play. You deserved it. You deserve to get suspended. Mark Shifley, I'm sorry with what your family's having to go through. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Even for him, like, you know, you brought up how as fans, we're not owed anything. Like I, I would say we have been very lucky to have, for what we have gotten out of doing this podcast to be able to reach out to players, teams, members of the media and have them on here to talk to. They don't owe us that. 
we're asking if they, you know, want to spend some time talking about sports and their careers and such. They don't have to do that. And we're very appreciative that we've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of great people on our show, but they don't owe us that. If someone doesn't respond or someone doesn't come on, it's nothing personal. It's just, they don't have time for it. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Like I, I know I don't take anything personal if someone, you know, we reach out and it doesn't happen, but no one owes anyone anything when it comes to that. And, and it's an outlet for entertainment. It is not the be all end all that some people make sports out to be. Yeah. Right. It is an outlet for entertainment. Well, look at what happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs after they got eliminated. The, the outcry on Mitch Marner online is insane. Like, trade him. He sucks. Get rid of him. He's a bum. He's terrible. Like, well, what are you talking about? Like, this guy is an integral part of your team. And sure, he had a couple of bad games. And maybe he's not cut out for the playoffs. But to go online and absolutely trash people is awful. And Mitch Marner himself even said he got rid of social media. Well, that's probably a good thing because he doesn't deserve to see, and I'm sure he's he's still seen it. He doesn't deserve to see what's being said about him online. You've got Toronto Maple Leafs fans burning jerseys, burning a jersey of Doug Gilmore who had nothing to do with it and posting it on, on social media. Like what the hell is your problem? First of all, it's a bloody game and Am I happy the Leafs lost? Yeah, absolutely. It's phenomenal. It's tremendous. I hope they do this every year. But they kind of do. Well, they kind of do. So uh, it's it's kind of a rite of passage, I guess, in the playoffs. But get over yourselves. Like burning a jersey? I'm sorry. There's kids out there who would die to be able to afford that Austin Matthews jersey that you just burned on social media as you selfish. Like just so selfish. It's and what are you getting out of it? In, in September next year, you're going to go, God damn, wish I had that Austin Matthews jersey to put on. You know, here's yeah. here's the preseason. Like, it's awful. Like, fans it, here's, are Here's awful. the kicker. Here's the kicker. They already got your 280 bucks for that jersey once. Yeah, now, now when you, you realize, now when you realize you burned it, you don't have it, you got to go spend another 280. Right? Like, what, what I, Doug Gilmore said it the best. He's like, A, I really didn't have anything to do with this. And B, if you're going to go and burn a jersey, Go donate it. As you said, go donate it to someone who could use it, could want it, could do something good with it, yeah. right? Like, again, I, this is the mentality. You've already given your money to the team. So what What do they care? They don't care that you're burning a jersey because you're probably going to go buy another one and you go, oh, that was really stupid. They're, you're going to go buy another one and they're yeah. going to get your money again. They don't care because you burn your jersey, 175 other people are lined up either online or at a store to go buy a jersey anyways it's insignificant in their their eyes it's no different until everybody stops buying tickets stops buying merchandise stops supporting the team like essentially toronto does with the argonauts they're not going to do anything until the revenue stops coming in they don't care right it's no different out in vancouver the canucks had sellouts and sellouts when the team started not performing well and the, the fans stopped coming, that's right. That's the message to get. Okay. We got to turn this around so we can bring the fans back when the money stops coming in, but you've already given them the money, right? Again, this comes down to it with sports. This is entertainment. 
Just yeah. because they make millions of dollars does not make them any less human than we are. They are human beings with yes. feelings and emotions and everything else. And it, it doesn't give you the right because they have seven or eight figures in their salary for you to say whatever the hell you feel like about them. It doesn't. It, it just, I'm sorry, shows what kind of person you are. So there you have it, our long-awaited return of Are You Kidding Me? A couple of hot-button topics that had to dovetail into some Leafs talk about them getting eliminated. There was no way we were going to skip that. No. Not a chance. But let us know, what do you guys think? Reach out to us on Twitter, at the BleacherCon1, and Ken is at the BleacherCon2. Do you agree with our take? You know, Would you burn a Leafs jersey, or would you rather donate it? Well, if it's not mine, I sure yeah but not, <laughs> as long as i didn't pay for it but no it's not the right thing to do absolutely no, all not. joking aside it, absolutely not so moving on to our our next topic and ken and i wanted to have a little bit of fun here you know last week i sucked it up and i got myself my covid shot which was a, a massive uh, event in my life i i am absolutely petrified of of needles and it got us thinking you know this might actually be almost over. COVID is potentially almost over. And what better way to, to end COVID than to think of, wow, where could I travel? That'd be fun. So for, for fun, Ken and I decided if we could go on a sports holiday, what would we do and where would we go? So Ken, COVID's over. Fingers crossed it almost is. Where are you and the wife going on a holiday? Well, I know this is one we've actually uh, spoken about, and I think uh, it, it's baseball themed. This one is for sure baseball themed uh, for myself. And I, I know she's on board with it and she's good with what I, I was thinking. For me, baseball has some iconic stadiums that I think as a baseball fan, as a person who played baseball for you know well over 10 years growing up, I think that I... I have to check these off the list. And that for me, I think I'd start the trip off and I really don't care who I see in these games, but a stop in Chicago to go to Wrigley field, see the Cubs play whoever um, that would be the first stop. So I think I'd want to take it in at least a couple games there more than one. Uh, the thought process between this in this whole trip was you get some really good seats and then you sit wherever for cheap. And then you just watch, you know, another game. So that's kind of my thought throughout the whole trip is you get some good seats for at least one game and then sit wherever and enjoy. So the first stop is Chicago. I think that'd be kind of a good place to start. You go, go to Wrigley, watch a couple of games, maybe see what Chicago's got to offer. And then the next stop off of that, this is where the Jays kind of come into it. I want to really want to try and time it where the next two stops, it doesn't matter which is first or second, but it's Boston and New York, right? get to a game at Fenway for me, I want to sit on top of the monster. Like that is yep. like, those are the, the expensive must sit here is at the top of the monster. I think that would just be an incredible game to watch from up there and uh, enjoy. And hopefully you get, you know, get a couple home runs hit up there and have a chance to, to grab one. But I think that would be awesome. So Boston did you watch the uh, Jays play the Red Sox and then off to New York. It's not the original Yankee Stadium, but it is still Yankee Stadium. And regardless if it was a day old or 10 years old, it still has that aura of 
it's the Yankees. It's Yankee Stadium. Uh, as much as I don't like the Yankees, I think it yeah, still would too. be, uh, and the Red Sox for that matter as well, it would be such an experience. You are in an iconic building with an iconic organization. Don't like them, but they are the Yankees, right? They are known worldwide just as the Yankees. That NY on a cap, you know who it is. So I think for me, those three stops there, uh, the last two could be Jays. But I think definitely if it's hopefully a four-game set, so you can at least get a couple games in, and then, but also spend time in the cities because the cities are historic in themselves and have a lot to offer to go see and go do. Or you just go to four games in each city and it's just baseball uh, and you do the other stuff around it. But I think that would be awesome. If you time it right, you could even potentially get some NFL in there too. Or NHL. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But if, if you're going you, in, if you hit it in October or if you, or in April, you might luck out. Yeah. A little bit colder in those times, but yeah, I think for, for, if you're doing that trip for me, because we get hockey here, like it's not too difficult to get to a hockey game. And the other part of it is when I was thinking about this, the NHL, there's not any iconic barns left. Not really. Right. Outside of MSG. So at least go do a tour of MSG if you can't catch a game, but. Which I have done and it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like there's not as many, like I was saying, like, would I do a hockey one? And it's like, no, I'd go to a hockey game somewhere, but it would be, I'm going to Tampa or Miami. I'm going to Florida. So I'll try and go to a game just because I'm there. Not because, well, I got to go here to go catch a game, right? There is more about the in-rank experience, not the history behind some of the stuff that's there. So for me, with the baseball, if you could time it right, you, hell, you could get baseball, basketball, football, maybe. Who knows? Like if you could you could get at least a couple different sports in those cities in one go. So yeah, like that was kind of the idea of looking at that kind of trip and like how you could do it. And, you know, you could even say, take a, take the train from each place and get a little bit, you know, of that other scenic adventure in there as well. So. Well, now that you've completely stole my thunder, um, I guess I'll, I'll go with a couple of my plan B options. Cause I was kind of afraid that that was going to be yours. Mine as well is my trip would actually start in Toronto because I'm a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan, yet I've never actually seen the Blue Jays play in Rogers Centre. So I would actually start in Toronto. And then in a perfect world, I would go down to Chicago, to Baltimore. That stadium is amazing. I want to watch a game in that stadium. So I think you made a huge omission when you left uh, Camden Yards off yours. I would potentially want to watch a game in both both uh, stadiums in Chicago, just because I'm there. Uh, Baltimore, Boston, New York. I think I'd want to catch a game in Philadelphia, just because I've heard of how crazy that crowd can be. So I definitely think I would want to catch a game in Philadelphia while I'm there. Uh, uh, the Mets as well, not just the Yankees while I'm there. I think I'd have to see both. But yeah, you totally stole my thunder on that. It, it definitely is an East Coast baseball trip. Like you said, there's iconic stadiums. It, it, there's iconic stadiums everywhere. So I'm going to go to my initial plan B, and that's the West Coast trip. And I think you would start in Arizona and go see the Diamondbacks. If you're lucky, it's the right time of the year. You might be able to catch the the uh, Coyotes as well, or the uh, Phoenix Suns. Or the then Cardinals. You go to Vegas. You go to Vegas, 
And whether the Golden Knights are playing or not, doesn't matter. You go to Vegas. <laughs> so you, you, you kind of take the detour, spend a couple nights on the strip doing, uh, making the great memories. You, you and I went to Vegas a couple years ago together and definitely some good times were had by all there. And then I think you, you jut across to San Diego. I've been to San Diego a few times in my life. What a city. Like that place is just a stunning city. That ballpark is, and especially now because the Padres are just, they're so good. That, that would be awesome. You'll know, see Tatis Jr., Machado, Snell. I'd love to see the Padres. Then you do the trip up the I-5, I believe, into Anaheim, L.A., catch catch the Angels. I actually had a chance to watch the Blue Jays in Anaheim when I was there, and I, I chose not to. I, I'm kicking myself for it now. And then you go to Chavez Ravine. Like, you, you talk about iconic ballparks right there. That is in the top three, if not number one in baseball for iconic ballparks. And then you continue your trip further north up into the Oakland, San Francisco area. You catch the Giants, you catch the Athletics. Uh, you may not be catching the Athletics there much longer, and I might have to uh, hit them on my Vegas portion of the trip. But or, or Vancouver, that was or Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. But again, if you if you hit it right at the right time, you you can catch hockey, you can catch baseball, you can catch NBA, you can catch it all, you can catch NFL. So if it's not the East Coast trip, it's the West Coast trip. The thing about the West Coast trip is you're almost guaranteed nice weather. The East Coast trip, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. know you're getting fun in the sun on the uh, West Coast trip. So one thing that I think is really interesting about this, and you and I didn't talk about this prior to coming on the air of what was going to be our trips. No, that's why I like giving my list first, because I can yeah. steal the thunder. <laughs> what I liked about this, and I think it's very interesting, neither of us chose hockey. Neither of us chose going on a road trip with the Calgary Flames or the Vancouver Canucks. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there isn't iconic stadiums to have to go to in the NHL. Once you're actually in an NHL stadium, and I've been to a few different ones, it's not much different. It really isn't. It's oh. seats and ice. So I, I find it interesting that neither of us chose NHL, an NHL themed trip. Both of us chose a baseball themed trip. Oh, ballpark is a, is an experience in itself. Like I I've been to baseball in Safeco. Yeah. Beautiful. What, stadium. Whatever it's called now, it's something different, but the smell of Sa the garlic fries at Safeco is just like, yes, they are, they are. It is definitely strong there, but Seattle's a great, great stadium. And Seattle's a lot a great of city. A lot of fun to go to those games. I've been to a lot of games there. I've managed to see the Jays three times in Toronto. Saw them play the Yankees twice, uh, the Indians once. I've seen a game in Anaheim. I went to it was Edison Field at the time. I was in grade eleven. It was ninety eight. Just a couple years ago. Just a couple years ago, ninety eight. You know, not aging myself at all. Um, and it was the first night that it had opened after it, it had been renovated for that brand, yes. that, that uh, waterfall rock thing in center field. And what was nice about that was the Vancouver Canadians were still, or had just been recently the triple a team for the angels. So seven out of the nine starters, I had all watched as a kind of as a kid a little bit because they'd all been in the bigs for long enough at this point in time, but they, I, so I'd watched them all play in Vancouver. 
So that was really cool. Like that was a really cool experience to go to. And the thing is at a ballpark, you can walk around and you can see all the different things, yes. experience everything there is. You don't get that at a hockey game. A bad hockey game is a bad hockey game. And you you're, can only focus on what's on the ice at a ball game. If it's going sideways for your team, you can still watch who's warming up. You can watch all the different things. You can get close enough that you can hear the dugout. Everything that's going on is an experience at a ball game. So I think that's what makes it a little more fun. The pregame in a baseball game is way better than a hockey game. You get a chance to get right down to field level, watch the guys take BP. You and I watched Barry Bonds take batting practice in Seattle when he was in the home run chase. That was amazing. He hit 718 in that game. Yep. That was amazing watching that guy take BP in the in the pregame and just the atmosphere of the crowd. It was you don't get that in a hockey game. So part of why I chose a baseball themed is a the iconic stadiums and just the atmosphere at a ball game is just so different. The sights, the sounds, the smells. Like at a hockey game, it, it smells like popcorn, popcorn yeah. and beer. That's literally what it smells like. At a baseball game, it's most of the time you're outdoors. You just get so much more. You know, I, I had the chance to go to a game at the Trop in, in Tampa Bay, and I'll tell you, it is a dump. I'm not going to lie. that It is a dumpy stadium. But there's a lot going on at that stadium still for you to check out. They have a, a Hall of Fame there. And like I said, when you're on the concourse, you can still kind of see everything. It, it's just you can get up and walk around for half an inning and not and, – and, and there's just so much more to do. Like, to me, the baseball is probably the best live game to watch for a personal experience. Hockey, I love watching hockey. Football, I don't know, maybe football for live experience is better. But I just, the atmosphere of ballparks. Yeah. A second, second trip that I want to quickly talk about here that I would potentially want to do, and this wouldn't be an all-in-one shot. And this actually kind of stems from an article that uh, Greg at CFL America put out this morning in regards to the CFL and kind of with viewers or with attendance being down, it, it really got me thinking, man, I would love to go to every single stadium in the CFL and watch my team, the Calgary Stampeders play. I've heard from uh, the countless people that we've interviewed tell us about how wonderful a road trip to Montreal is. Yeah. You know what? I need to experience this. I need to experience sitting in BMO field in Toronto. I need to experience, you know, going to the donut mill in, in oh, Tim Hortons field in, uh, <laughs> in Hamilton, Ottawa. I need to experience these as a diehard CFL fan. I've only ever been to games in Calgary, Edmonton and BC to watch my team play. I need to go to all the stadiums and Saskatchewan mosaic. I was lucky enough to go to mosaic stadium last year to watch the Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets and the Heritage Classic. But I need to go there to watch the Stampeders play the Rough Riders. Yeah, I think I've, I've managed to see f- games in four stadiums. Um, well, sorry, three. Because I've, no, wait, let's do the math, four. BC, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto at Rogers Centre. But now, so I've done four of ten because now that the Argos at BMO Field, we've got to throw that one in there too. I think that would be a fun trip uh, to check off the uh, the CFL cities for sure. I, I have one trip that I would want to do, but that's an overseas one. I've got half a check mark on the bucket list as a Manchester United fan. I've seen them play live. Uh, this was going back again. I was it was early two thousands. David Beckham had just left for Real Madrid, but I got to see them play in Seattle against Celtic. 
So at uh, Quest Field at the time where the Seahawks play, I got to see Manchester United play. And I think my jaw was in my in my lap the entire time, just in <laughs> awe of like, I am seeing my team play. But for me, I'd want to go to Manchester and see them play at Old Trafford and just get that full check mark on there as because I think that would be just an amazing experience to go see an English Premier League game. We, we just talked about atmospheres in stadium. I have to agree with you. Going to some soccer games in Europe would be, I think, blow us away. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I think I could uh, definitely go for sitting in a couple of stadiums for a couple games. Because, like, I don't think we know what atmosphere is until we get to a game over there. No. Um, now, the big question that we didn't touch on here is how many empty pieces of luggage are you bringing for memorabilia? Because I know I got at least one on these trips. I'm bringing an empty suitcase for for what I'm bringing back. What are you grabbing at these games, at these baseball games? Well, we'll, we'll pretend like we have those seven figure uh, salaries that the uh, the NHLers and other pro athletes get. We'll pretend okay, money's well, not an issue. I'll put on my Ken Cumming hat and take off my Trevor <laughs> hat. Then I guess. And uh, if I could afford it. And let's pretend I can, I'd be getting a jersey at every stadium I went to. I may not like the New York Yankees, but I could probably be convinced to get an Aaron Judge jersey just to say I got it from Yankee Stadium. I could probably get a a Xander Bogarts jersey at Fenway Park. It'd have to be a jersey. Or you and I did this actually in Seattle when we went to a game. We bought the uh, bucket helmets. And... I could definitely get myself a, a pretty cool collection of the uh, plastic bucket helmets from all the different leagues. So, or our uh, stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. I think I thought about that. I think a cool idea would be like, you brought up the jerseys. Now or if you could hat. do it. Yeah. Like what I was thinking, if you could get a Jersey, see if you're making three, four stops and you got a Jersey with say either the year. So if it's 2022, you get 22 on the back and your last name, then like just the, yep. your trip across for all the teams with, you know, your name and the year you did it on and you yep. put that on display. That'd be pretty cool too. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm kind of personalized so that, you know, you're not actually supporting a player on the team that you don't like. Um, but either way. Yeah. I think the, uh, the memorabilia collection would be quite large. I'm with you either a Jersey or two from maybe a place here. Um, a hat for sure. I've got my parents did a trip where they went to Cleveland boston and watch games there and i've got a, a red Sox hat from fenway i've got an indians hat nice. from um uh, just progressive field at the time is what it was called and so i've got hats from those i didn't i wasn't there to get them but they were you know brought back for me and i just think it's really cool to have that kind of stuff kicking around well we'd love to hear from you guys what's on your sports bucket list or where would you go on a on a sports holiday you know, reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at the BleacherCon1 and Ken is at the BleacherCon2. We'd love to hear where are some of the great places that you've already been to for sporting events. We we want to hear from you guys. Actually, I, I said this idea. I mean, a great idea would be do one of these trips where we go and we podcast from the stadiums. We, yeah, we do an on, on, on location podcast from, uh, you know, pre or post game and, and just kind of give our thoughts on that. That would be a fun trip to do. The bleacher connection on the road. It might have to be pregame because postgame, I may not be in any shape to be doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little too many uh, adult beverages <laughs> at, the, at the game. Well, I would. You got when you're at the stadiums, you got to check out the uh, let's call it the local cuisine and uh, refreshments. So yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Well, that's our show for the week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. We'll be back again. We're, uh, we're going to look at potentially changing some things up for you guys and how we uh, bring you the Bleacher Connection. So we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everyone.